Hi friends, welcome to this week's episode of East Fan Beer Wife. It's me, Keisha, your host again this week, coming at you from East Vancouver. It's a long one this week, so let's jump right in. On this week's episode, I have Molly Graham from Red Truck Beer Company here in Vancouver. So this episode comes in a little over an hour, but Molly and I spent a good four hours talking one afternoon at the beginning of November, and I could really tell how much passion and love she has for beer and this industry and the community, and it makes me so happy that she is a part of it. I feel so blessed that I've gotten to talk to so many different women with so many different lived experiences and backgrounds so we can have real conversations on what it's like to be a woman in this industry. So if you want to hear two women drink beer, say fuck a lot, and discuss the glass ceiling and drunk farm animals, then look no further. I do want to just put a little disclaimer out there. Like I said before, Molly and I met up in the beginning of November before Dr. Bonnie Henry put in more restrictions here in British Columbia, so we were able to meet in person. Since then, all of my interviews have now been done virtually, and going forward, they will stay virtual until it is all safe to be together again. So without further ado, here is my interview with Molly. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to talk to you. Uh, I, we've had a super great afternoon already. I thought we should probably start recording though because we've talked about so much stuff already. Um, so I just love, would love to know like your journey here to Red Truck. Like how did you started, where you came from, like just your whole beer journey. Oh my gosh. Well, yes. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I guess it started, I started working at a liquor store when I was 19 and I thought I'd get into wine. Uh, but I figured out very quickly that uh, wine's really expensive and it's not really practical to buy a new bottle every night and try, and try and get to know it. And we had a really big, like, craft beer section. It was, it was back when bombers were a thing. Yeah. Uh, so I started buying a bomber every night. And I started off with uh, Driftwood White Bark. Nice. Yes. It's a great uh, one. Yeah, I, I picked up the bottle and I was looking at the label and it said uh, orange peel and coriander. And I was like, what? I'm putting orange peel and coriander in, in beer? Like, I, I need to try this. And I tried it and it blew my mind. And, like, that started my journey. I just started buying, like, a different bottle every night. Um, I ended up convincing my manager to give us a staff discount because I was like, <laughs> hey, like, I'm trying to be better at my job here. Like... <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good reason for a discount yeah. and um, started getting really interested in the craft beer industry like a lot of things drew me to it I think it's just like uh, the biggest thing was uh, the community seemed really cool um, and then I met this guy who worked at a brew pub in Fort Mac and he was like hey I work at a brew pub in Fort Mac um, I can introduce you to the brewers like you can go like brew with them and he convinced me to move up to Fort Oh my god! No <laughs> one could convince me to move to Fort McMurray. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was pretty young. True. You're like what? Twenty uh, at this I point? Was like, yeah, I was like yeah. twenty. I think yeah. I turned twenty-one like on the journey up to Fort Mac. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, I got there, and yeah, the brewers there were really fucking awesome. They like showed me brewing and stuff, yeah. but I ended up falling into like a food runner job at yeah. the brew pub. Eventually became a server, and I was really bad. <laughs> really bad and so I ended up I was in Fort Mac like I I loved I loved the beer that they made it was called um 
Wood Buffalo Brewing Company. Okay, I've never heard of them. Yeah, but they're they're closed now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think uh, different uh, breweries taking them over. They're actually a sister company of uh, like Last Best Brewing in Calgary. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Banff Brewing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked there for a couple of years, and then that all fell through, and I, yeah. I like the oil like tanked. I came back home. Yeah. Uh, went back to the liquor store. Yeah. And then I got a job at Central City in their tasting room. Uh, yeah, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do in the craft brewing industry. I just knew that I wanted to work in it. Uh, at the liquor store, my boss knew that I really liked craft beer, mm-hmm. so she encouraged me to get into sales. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, because I'm a woman, she was like, oh, yeah, do sales, do sales. Yeah, of course. Not that that's a feminine job at all. But, like, Anyone no, no one's going to be like, oh, go be a head brewer. Right? It's Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, go do sales. Oh, they have someone in bookkeeping. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Office jobs. Yeah. But, so I started working at Central City in the tasting room, and part of the job there was to do, t- like, lead tours on the weekends. Oh, cool. And so I just dove headfirst into that. We got, like, this pamphlet, and I read, read all through it, and it explained the brewing process, like, bare bones. Yeah. Very, very simple. Yeah. And so I would lead tours every weekend, and I'd get asked questions, and I'd be like, oh, I don't know the answer to that. Like, I want to, though. Yeah. So when the brewers would sit at the at the bar after work, I'd pick their brains and start asking them more questions about the brewing process and how that works and the equipment that they work with. And I found out that a lot of the stuff that, that we were told, what, like, when we were leading tours, not true. <laughs> <laughs> like, the heat exchanger is not actually the whirlpool like wow and you shouldn't let people eat hops that's not no No. yeah yeah that was a funny thing like the person that trained me on the tours she was like oh it's really funny to get people to eat hops because like it's disgusting it's disgusting (laughs) like after a few months of doing this I had a customer come in he was like oh yeah like I had a tour here like a, a half a year ago and they hadn't eat hops and since then I've never been able to drink IPAs and I was like oh Oh my god, like, I'm so sorry. And ever since that, then I'd never had anyone eat hops, obviously. I, I, I did, I went on a brewery tour once, I've been on lots, but I went on one once, and, like, they let, they're like, oh, taste all the grain or whatever, and, like, you can taste these hops if you want to, and I was like, who suggests that? Yeah. No. Like, I was so offended. Yeah. Like, they're not, they're not good. Yeah. No, like, the way, <laughs> the way that you enjoy hops you rub them in between your hands what's the oil yeah, yeah. Really, you heat them up and release the oils and, and smell them yeah you don't eat them no no no, <laughs> no. oh my god that's awful yeah. well, i'm glad you stopped doing that on your tours <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a learning experience oh, of course sure. i felt really bad that someone couldn't enjoy ipas because of an experience that they had at the brewery yeah um so yeah i became really fascinated with the brewing process when I was learning how to do tours and kind of realized like, wow, like I think I'd like to make beer. Like that seems really cool. Um, so I started applying for like, backup house mm-hmm. jobs and I got a job at dead frog brewing. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Before they moved into their big new facility, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah at their old location. And like I did the interview with one of the owners, uh, her name's Donna. She was super amazing. And yeah, I just remember in the interview, she was like, yeah, we, we really want to support women in brewing, so mm-hmm. we, we'd really like to give you a chance. Like, I know you have no experience, but you seem really keen on it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I just I just want to learn. 
Um, so I did cellaring there for a while and worked on the packaging team for a while. It's a bit m- monotonous. That's yeah. Um, but it was good. And yeah, the people that I work with, actually, the packaging manager at Dead Frog when I worked there is now my boss here. He's, oh, wow. He's the lead brewer here. It's a very roundabout story. Yeah. But... I'll get there. Um, so, yeah, I worked at Dead Frog for a bit, and then I started looking for, like, other brewing jobs because it was kind of obvious that I wasn't going to move up yeah. at all there. So yeah. I found uh, a job at Cole Harbor Brewing, um, and the listing was for delivery driver slash brewery hand. And it was in a, like, the deliveries were in a pretty big truck. Like, not a big truck, but, like, bigger than I've ever driven. Like a, like a cube kind of deal? Yeah, a cube truck. And, and the thing is, too, like, uh, I had sworn off driving downtown because mm-hmm. I had a really terrible experience when I was a teenager. Um, but I was like, fuck it. Like, I really, really want this. Like, yeah. I really want to get into brewing, and this is this seems like a way that I could do it. But so I started doing deliveries there um, and filling kegs. Yeah, one of the, one of the tests... Like, they were like, yes, we want to give you the job, but we want to to go on a delivery run with you and see if you can do it physically. And I'm like, okay. Because, yeah, you're delivering kegs. Yes, delivering yeah, like, kegs. I can't lift a 50-liter yeah. keg. I can lift a 50. Like, I don't think that I should have to, but I can. Mm. But the thing is, too, at Cole Harbor, they were 58 liters. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 58 liters. And, you know, that extra, that extra 8 liters... Makes a difference. And yes, and the height difference too. Yeah, they're different. So one of the tests um, on my first delivery day was, can you lift a 58 liter on top of another 58 liter? Yeah. Yeah, I can with a lot of effort. Yeah, I can. <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing is like the height. It's yeah. Not, it's not the, the physical lifting, but it's actually the placing on top. Yeah. Because it's so much taller. Yes. Right, so like I did it. I did it with great effort, and yeah. the person that was watching me was like, "Wow, good job! Like you can do this job." I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, I can, but I'm never gonna do that again." Like you can just, you know, be like, "Hey, person over there, other woman, let's do this together." Wow, yeah, super easy. Yeah, it's just it's that's the thing about like this. Well, not not this industry specifically, but male dominated industries. It's like, oh, women can't do this. Because they physically can't do this. You know, but it's like it's such garbage. Yeah. It's like, well, you know what? We can make it happen. Yeah. 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 And like so many like you're not like the first person to tell me this out mm-hmm. of all the interviews I've done. And it's there are tools. We have machines now that yeah. do this for us. Totally. Yeah. Like that's like we have forklifts and lifts and the yeah. whole thing. Like dollies. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. You don't need to be like carrying kegs on your shoulder, like uh, like it's there's tools. It's not we're not competing on like who can like stack more kegs. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So anyway, no, no. Went off. It's I a perfect tan- perfect tangent. <laughs> what we're talking about? Yeah. So yeah, I got the job at Coal Harbor and mm-hmm. worked as a delivery driver slash brewery hand. Worked my way up to assistant brewer, and then yeah, well, I was still doing deliveries for quite a while, but. It was a small team, though. Yeah. Small place. Small so I could team. see everybody doing mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. Yeah. 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 And the and the funny thing about doing deliveries, like, as a female-bodied person. Yes. There was not a week that went by where there wasn't a man that was offering me help. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah. 
There any, is that. Yeah, any random man on the street sees me, like, taking a keg down from the back of a truck. And Grant, like, I, I, I don't take offense to it. Like, I think it's just a, it's, it's a learned reaction for men if they see a, a woman. It's a total savior thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, my, oh, do you need help with that? Um, but it's always just like, oh, ha, no, thank you. Like, no, I don't. Yeah. I'm actually getting paid to do this. I'm doing my job. Like, yeah. thank you for offering, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they, like, insisted, like, I yeah. I already said no. Yeah, and you're like, if I get hurt at work, it's covered. If you get hurt lifting my keg yeah. and you don't work here, like, well, there's going to be problems. Yeah. Like, and you're way more likely to know how to lift a keg safely than just fucking Joe Blow on the street. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Countless times. Just strange men being like, are you okay? Like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a large percent. I, yeah, I, I guess I've kind of learned not to see it as a bother. Like, I do try and treat it as, as an individual. Like, like, thank you, thank you so much for offering, but no. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's tough because, like, that, that kind of, like, resentment can build up and then, yeah. And then explode on one on one oh, person. Totally, <laughs> and they don't deserve that. No, and like I, it, like I like what you said about it being a learned behavior. Like Ooh. it is. It's like generations and generations of a learned behavior. Yeah, that like isn't going to change overnight, mm-hmm. or by you telling one person that you're doing okay and you don't yeah. need help lifting. So it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. all it's a society learned yeah. thing. I think yeah, and I think once we start like when when we individually start demonizing you know, men or people in general for offering help, yeah. then then they'll stop offering help. Yeah. And if someone actually needs help, they yeah. won't get it. No. So like personally, like I don't I don't begrudge anyone for being like, no, fuck you. Like I can do this myself. Yeah. But like personally and when someone offers me help, if I don't need help, I'm like, no, thank you so much for offering them. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't find it exhausting to like extend that like appreciation yeah of course yeah. that you acknowledge yeah i don't think that your offer was malicious and yeah. my reaction is not going to be malicious it's a really um, good way to look at it i think it's, it's too it's, it's a learned thing <laughs> oh yeah it's too easy to explode yeah and it's like that person doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. it's not you're it's not you're not exploding on them for their specific person yeah. doing something it's like the whole everything getting added up on top of itself yeah and, in just general like life sorry anyways i was talking yeah, um, you're doing delivery so, circle harbor. Delivery circle harbor, <laughs> and then I yeah worked my way up to the assistant brewer, um, and then yeah I was I was an assistant brewer there for two years. I think I worked there for three years total. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and anyone in the industry knows that Cole Harbor is no longer R.I.P. Cole yes. Harbor. Yes, and, yeah. you know, and it 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 really sucks because like the owner was. Amazing. He was the most generous man. Yeah. That's, yeah, it sucks. It, yeah. It, we really lost, like, the community felt the loss of losing Coal Harbor. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I left Coal Harbor um, a couple months before they went down. I think, like, personally, I realized even if we pulled through, I wasn't going to go anywhere higher than I was Yeah. in that position. And then this opportunity at Red Truck presented itself, and... I hated jumping ship because I I felt like I was going to go down with 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 them because yeah. I was there for so long and I put so much of myself into that. Um, well, it becomes personal, totally. But I think that's something I learned is you know it, it it's like with with 
relationships, it's like you can't stick around because just because you put so much time into something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Like you, you have to take care of yourself. Um, yeah, this opportunity at Red Truck presented itself and I was like, all right, I'm really not sure how that looks. Yeah. You know, just because, especially like being so intertwined with like East Van, like the small, the small guys. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, Red Truck. But then I, I talked to the woman who actually I replaced Mm -hmm. and I was like, Hey, how do you like, like working there? And she was like, I really like it. And I'm actually, you know, going to put in my notice and I love to recommend you. I was like, Oh, okay. But she like gave me the rundown. She's like, you know, we make a lot of beer. We, we have a 65 hectoliter brew house. Uh, we do five batches a day. Um, our tanks are like three, 350 fermenters. We make a lot of beer, but it is craft beer. Like we, we don't have any preservatives. We don't pasteurize. We just, we centrifuge our beer and you know, we're, we're really proud of what we make. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, I think I can get down with that. Yeah. The love is still there. It's just on such a bigger totally. scale. Yeah. And working with, like, the computer system, <laughs> I came in and it was very, oh, my gosh. That's all new. Like, they uh, go from being manual on yes. everything. Oh, yeah. I miss, I miss mashing in just, like, the 25 minutes of solid, like, stirring yeah. oatmeal. Oh, my gosh. And, like, the steam in your face. I miss that so much. But I do, I really love working here and the system that I work with because yeah. it's so, like you can detail that you can get or the, the oh my gosh, it's a word. What's so precision. Yes. Yeah. It can be like, very precise or. You're not, you're not pouring beer into a beaker and then putting in the hydrometer to see what your sugars are at. Like you don't have to do that here. Well, we do. Well, actually, so that's. The cool thing is that we can get so much data. So we get like our the the pH of our mash. Mm-hmm. We can get first runnings, like first runnings from the lauder into the ke- into the kettle. Mm-hmm. Um, we get last runnings, kettle full, and then like knockout, and like we we get a lot of data. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to be able to track that and look at it. And like we have a yeast program that. I don't know. Before, I would just harvest yeast from a tank into into a keg and yeah. like pop it in the cool. Like I yeah. didn't know anything about it, but now, like we get like a bunch of data on it. Like I do yeast cell counts and viability readings, and yeah, so that's pretty cool. And we do, yeah, we have like a lab guy who gets all the data. And we compare it to, like, previous batches, which is super neat. Yeah. Well, especially if you're making stuff and, like, you guys are bottling and canning on such a huge scale, you mm-hmm. want to make sure the two batches you've done are the same. Because, mm-hmm. like, quality, like, assurance is probably so important when you're putting out, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of flats. Totally. Yeah. Um, you don't want things to taste different than mm-hmm. the last time someone opened one. Yeah. Because you're not dealing on a small scale where you're just making one batch. You're like, well, if this doesn't taste the same, it doesn't matter because, like, we're never going to brew this again. Yeah, totally. Like, it's a totally different ball game mm-hmm. with, like, quality assurance. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that I found pretty cool, but it's a double-edged sword, in contrast to where I've worked before. Mm-hmm. Like, here, we're making stuff because we need to make it and needs to go out. Yeah, like, you have orders to fill. Yes, we have orders to fill as opposed to, 
before where I was like, hey, we made this beer. Please buy it. <laughs> like the dinosaur. Yeah. But, well, oh my gosh, the dinosaur. <laughs> you know what? I found a can of the dinosaur in my parents' fridge a couple weeks ago, and I was so excited. Oh I God. drank it. It was gone. Oh, but, and that was oh always my, my favorite. It was oh, so good. So and good. then, like, at the festivals, you put, like, yes, little dinosaur little, cans yeah, in them. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah. We made... We made really good beer at Cole Harbor. Yeah. And, and yeah, and you made it, and you're like, I'm going to try something weird, and then you try to sell the mm-hmm. weird things to who wants it. That's the tough and thing. And maybe a restaurant wants it one time, but they don't want it the next time, but it's like, okay, we'll find somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But like here, it's, it's orders to fill. Mm-hmm. Like it's... Yeah. We do still, like we, we can still have fun um, and like put it out into our tasting room. Or oh yeah, because like I'm having the lime and pepper, yeah. and like i assuming that's not going out in large scale. No. Yeah. So it's like it's still you're still doing fun things. It's yeah, just, totally. yeah. And also like before actually like when I started working here, uh, I came in and they were like, All right, Molly, we want you to write a recipe and I was like, What? My own recipe? That, really? That's so exciting. Yeah, it was so cool. And the only restrictions were we had to use Canadian ingredients. Great. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So I had an idea in mind, uh, because my dad exclusively drinks Sleeman's Honey Brown. <laughs> And he's never liked any beer that I've made before. Okay. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a honey lager. And I'm I'm very proud of it. I was very proud of it. I made it uh, in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, released it March. Yeah. And then COVID happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we kegged, we kegged all of it. Yeah. And then we had to shut down the tasting room. Yeah. And we were only selling it in the tasting room. Oh. Which was kind of tough, but... Do you like, guys have to dump a lot? Yeah, so all the production staff, like, when we first released it, came out to me and was like, oh, this beer's amazing, like, good job. I'm like, oh, thank you, yay, it's my first recipe ever. And then, yeah, COVID happened, and uh, it sat for a little bit. Um, I think, oh, gosh, I can't remember exactly how long, like, everything was closed, but we opened back up, and then we were serving again, and I was, like, very adamant, like, I need to try this make sure it's okay yeah. still and it was still really good okay like good. i was very pleased with it even after sitting for like eh, like a month and a half or yeah, i think it was like two, two and a half months but after the three three month mark they're like all right we gotta dump this like we can't sell old product like, oh, okay but it's still but tastes good. that's so nice that they were like hey we don't sell stuff that's been sitting this long because yeah not everybody did that when they reopened from covid well yeah yeah i know yeah. Well, I mean, I wish that we didn't, but that's fine. I know. <laughs> you have to make it again then. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. if it, like, yeah, if it was great and, like, you got good feedback on it, then maybe something that can come around again. Mm. But it does, like, it makes me feel good that I, that, to know that, that Red Track was like, no, no, this has been sitting, like, you can't. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, I know, like, we are really big, um, but the thing is, like, a quality is very important. That's so, so that's so great. Yeah. Because it's not everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not ever. And, like, yeah, I know I know there's some breweries that didn't dump their stuff, and it, they probably should have. Mm-hmm. Not to name names. <laughs> but, <No. laughs> yes. um, but, yeah, like, I know how it feels to go, well, I don't personally, but, like, Trav, my partner, like, he went from teeny tiny one-man team at Monkey Nine, one plus me, to Parallel, mm. which was, like, a huge 
difference in the, oh, I'll just make something I need like once a week or maybe brew twice a week if I have to, to going to they brew 24 hours a day. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, like, they have to do three batches every eight hours. Mm. And, like, it went, like, and it was all computers. And, like, so, like, the, the difference was, like, massive. And then they are also making the, like, the hard cider or the whatever they're called. Like the squish. Oh, yeah. The, the, the seltzers. seltzers. Yeah. yeah. Or I think they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah and they're making like moss. Yeah, and like Moscow mules. It's mm-hmm. like that where it's like all sugar and all ginger. And it became like way different. And like, yeah, and then the production where it's like this has to go out because mm-hmm. there, are, there are orders to fill versus like I'm going to make something with blueberries in it because I got tons of blueberries yeah. today. <laughs> so it was like a totally like a different feel. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're somewhere that still cares about the craft and still – like, cares about quality and what product's going out, and they aren't just trying to, like, sell as much beer as humanly possible, I think that's, like, it doesn't matter how much is being made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think the thing that I I, I do like is sometimes they're like, oh, we need this beer, and if we're like, no, you can't have it, it's not ready yet, they're like, okay. (laughs) They they can, they do respect that. Yeah. Um, It takes time. Yeah, you have to put, yeah, you can't, you can't, like we are slaves to microorganisms. Yes. My ultimate boss is like yeast. Yeast, yeast, is, yeast runs my life. Yeah. I can't, I can't rush it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also like cooling things, and yeah, there's there's so many things that are you know just out of our the reach of our control. Mm-hmm. We have a little bit of control over it if we can plan ahead properly. But it's like, oh, if you tell us we, we need this now. Uh, and we're like, oh, no, that's not going to happen. They're like, okay, uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And it sucks, but that is, that is, that's beard. Yeah, like, that's beer. Yeah. You can't tell it to ferment faster. You can't tell it to cool down faster. No. Yeah. And like, yeah, some people don't understand that at mm-hmm. all. They're like, well, that's just, it's fine. Let's just keg it. I'm like, you can't just keg it. Like yeah. it's been fermenting two days. Yeah. Like this isn't going to happen. Like. Mm-hmm. Some beers ferment really, really fast, but yeah. for the most part, like they need the time mm-hmm. to do what they're going to do, or you're just selling like sweet malt water. <laughs> like, it's it's going to ferment in the keg. No, yeah. that's a, no, no, that's a, you're selling bombs, really. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So then, how long have you been at Red Truck now? Um, it'll be a year tomorrow. Oh, right, year tomorrow. Yeah, year that's tomorrow. so exciting. Yeah, buy yourself a cupcake. Oh gosh! Celebrate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still make them? I don't know. I, I, I don't think you can go up to the bakery now. Home. Yeah, oh, I hear that. <laughs> but like, you also start at like five thirty. I start at five. Yeah, five. That's five. even worse yes. than five thirty. Yes, I am the morning brewer. Um. Yeah, it's, it's so do you come and like, you got to turn everything on and get everything started? Like, you the first person on the floor? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are you the first person in the building in the morning? Um, Unless, well, we have cleaners that oh, okay. come in. And, you know, so the sometimes thing. there's cleaners in. Sometimes it's just me. Uh, but, yeah, generally, like, I'm the first, like, red truck staff yeah. in the building in the morning, yes. Yeah. And then you're telling me it's even earlier if Malt arrives? Yes. I work, I start at 4.30 if Malt arrives. Oh, sometimes I'm not even asleep at 4.30. Sometimes I'm still awake, like, waiting to fall asleep. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> well, the malt arrives so early because it's such a big truck. And once, like, traffic starts, they can't yeah. really pull out of the parking lot. Um, yeah. And then we have, like, I unload spent grain. Like, we have a big spent grain yeah. silo. And a big truck arrives, like, around, well, 
the latest guy comes at 5 a.m. And then yeah. that go, that comes, they take that in a big truck too, right? Mm-hmm. How often do they have to come and empty your spent grain? Um, like every week and a half, weeks or so. Depends on how much we're brewing. Like in the summer, it's once a week. Yeah. Right now, it's every week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it slows down. Yeah. That's crazy. And then, yeah, that's just so crazy. Like, we used to fill, like, a couple of barrels of grain and, like, call this one pig farmer and return right. it. And he's like, sure, I'll come get it. <laughs> and then he only wanted us to pay him in, like, handwritten checks. And he'd oh, come God. and pick up a handwritten check from us. And, yeah. like, didn't have a cell phone. Like, it was, yeah. <laughs> we would oh. just come and pick up our grain at the end of the week. And, yeah. yeah. It was, like, oh, my it was, like three bins. Like. <laughs> yeah. At Cole Harbor, we... Um, we we brew like every like maybe once every week or every couple weeks, uh, but yeah, our farmer farmer John farmer John he would only pick up on Saturdays, so someone would have to come in on a Saturday to like load him up, and yeah. he would insist he'd have to be there at nine o'clock. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but here I don't, I don't even well that's not my department no paying for whatever yeah but. I'm sure it goes to, like, a farm of some form. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually really, um, really valuable fertilizer for mushrooms, apparently. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, but. So it's good it has, like, it has a purpose as somewhere to go. Yeah. It's funny. So we used to have it in these big bins out the back at Monkey Nine. And sometimes we forget to cover them so that they get, like, more wet while they sit out there. And then, like, the farmer once came and he was like, hey, like, if you don't cover these, I can't take them. Like, you just got to dump them. And Travis like, oh, sorry, like, if they get too soggy. He's like, no, they ferment again, and then the pigs get drunk. Yes. <laughs> and then Trav was like, oh, my God, that sounds hilarious. He's like, no, <laughs> having 24 drunk pigs is a mess. And, like, I was like, oh, I couldn't even imagine oh having 24 God. drunk. He's like, I can't give them this if it ferments again. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm like oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's 24 drunk pigs just, like, <laughs> hanging out. So would they pick it up every day? No. Oh, like, okay. we would call them, and sometimes we wouldn't come for, like, weeks. Oh, okay. But, like, we only, we had, like, eight barrels, and, like, we wouldn't f- fill eight barrels in, in three weeks. Mm. So it's, like, because I think in one batch it would be, like, two, two and a half barrels. So, like, so we call them, and they're like, okay, like, I can come, like, in two Tuesdays from now. We're like, oh, okay. okay, so as long as we covered them either with their lid or, like, this big plastic bag thing we had, then it was okay. I think they'd still ferment them. I know, but he says that they didn't unless they got wet again. That's what the farmer said. Okay. So I, I don't know. I yeah, trust the farmer. Yeah. I covered it, and then hopefully the pigs didn't get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I know you touched on it a little bit about, like, being a woman in the industry, but mm-hmm. with what you're saying about the Cole Harbor, like, to me it sounds like, oh, so you were being tested because you're a woman. Um, that's just, like, me on the outside, like, looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, have you found it's been harder to make advances in the industry as a woman? Like, have you found that, like, or were you just in the right place at the right time to get the right positions, or, like... Hmm. With my personal experience, I have been in the right place at the right time. Because I don't, I didn't want to say that and diminish, yeah, like, diminish. how work, how hard you work, like, especially getting, coming to Red Truck and exactly. being on the brewery floor, like, it's a big yeah. achievement, obviously, mm-hmm. they, they knew you had the skills and the mm-hmm. experience, and yeah. you could be part of the team, No, but yeah, I just know it's, like, it's hard, I know, to go from, like, being, working in a liquor store to mm-hmm. then, like, being on, like, brewing. After after Central City and I got the job at Dead Frog, mm-hmm. uh, they hired me on as like air quotes like assistant brewer slash celery person. Yeah, Seller, celery celery person. <laughs> celery <laughs> celery um, assistant brewer slash celery person. Um, and I remember the first day we were milling in and uh, like the grain the, the mill 
was right up to my chest. Mm-hmm. It's very high. Mm-hmm. And I, so I had to lift these 25 kilo bags yeah. over my head yeah. into the, into the mill. Yeah. And I fucking did it. Yeah. Did it. And the brewer watched me do it. And I can't remember how many bags I put in before he was like, okay, you, you don't need to do that anymore. And I was like, I can. But he was like, no, like you're determined. I'll give you that. But like, you don't need to do that anymore. And he was like, we need to buy a step stool because it, it was just too high. It was too high for me. And yeah. I am five, seven. Yeah. And I looked this up. An average size woman in Canada is five, three. Yeah. Yes. I'm under five feet. Right. So and like, yeah. And I've always thought of myself as an average size woman. Turns out I'm above average size. Yeah. But still all the equipment that I work with is too big for me. Yeah. At least three inches or at least two inches too big. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that was my first experience with not, not like, sexism experienced from, like, another person, but just, like, the equipment that I work with. Wow. A little bit too big for me. Yeah. And, like, I wouldn't, I never thought about that because, like, me and Trav, we eventually want to open our own space is the idea. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're going to go with Specific Mechanical because Specific Mechanical does everything and they're amazing. But I'm like, oh, do I have to then specify that, like, it needs to be a certain height? Like, it would have been nothing I would have ever thought of. I would have just been like, okay, build my brewery. Yeah. Here's some money. Mm-hmm. But, like, so what are their schematics, like, for how tall they make everything? Yeah. Do they just have a set height? It is It is designed by men for men. And n- not, not to begrudge anyone that designs it or operates it but yeah like i i literally like know a woman who wanted to be a brewer but she was like five three and she kept getting told you're a tiny woman you can't be a brewer and like it's it's so tough because like at what point do you concede to that yeah at what point do you stop demanding no i can do this job if you accommodate me Mm mm-hmm because people will be like, well, or I could just hire someone that can just do the job and I don't have to accommodate them. Yeah. Right? And that's that's the tough thing. Yeah. And I don't feel like I particularly need to be accommodated. I can accommodate myself. Yeah. I work with what I got. Of course. You have to. <laughs> yeah. I get I get chuckles sometimes from, from the guys that I work with, like when I'm, you know, climbing up on things or yeah. standing on top of things. They're like, haha, what are you doing? I'm like... I'm short, apparently. Like, I'm actually not short. Yeah. But I got to work with what I got. Totally. Yeah, you have to. Um, Yeah. And they're they're good-hearted chuckles. Of course, of course. Oh, like, you should see the laughs I get when I have to climb up on a counter to reach something. (laughs) And they're like, why are you on the counter, Keisha? I'm like, because I can't reach this. Like, like, I can't reach the top of the printer at work, yeah. so I have to climb on a chair. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm doing what I gotta do, and yeah. I'm gonna do how you, this is set up. Yeah, you work with what you got, yeah. right? Totally. And it's like, the world, this world is designed by men for men. Yes. Yes, it is. And, yeah, and like, I always I always thought that I was an average size woman. Yeah. I'm above average size. Yeah. Um, not by much, but shit. Like there's yeah. like most women are apparently shorter than me. Yeah. And and I still yeah, I, I struggle a bit. Yeah. I feel like everything is like two two inches too tall for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I don't know, like what do you what do you do about that? Shit. Like yeah. it's no one's fault, really. 
yeah, the the standard size of things is just a little bit too big. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of thought of the schematics. Like, so what are they building for the average height then? I don't know. I, I, I would assume that below average height men struggle as well, but yeah. we don't hear about it. Yeah, and that's a, yeah, that's the thing too. It's like where where does it start and stop? Like how do you how do you make things more accessible for everyone? Yeah, maybe like including including women in this makes it more accessible for more men as well. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, probably, but probably they, they mm. jobs should be accessible. To everyone who can do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't be an astronaut. Like, so they don't need to accommodate me to be an astronaut. But if you're qualified and can do the job mentally, mm-hmm. it sh- you should be able to be able to do it physically. So if you're doing something like brewing, like, as long as you can do the basic things, like, everyone mm-hmm. should be able to do that. Yeah. I think it's... But, yeah, like, I don't think it's about making things... To accommodate things for one type of people, I think it should just be across the board so people can do the job yeah and yeah i think it's i think it's yeah it's tough because like specifically like this brewery was built long time ago 2011 20 the early days yes this brewery was built well and it, it not even not even that early though wait this brewery was built by like professionals yes and it was built but the thing is like Operating in it as a woman, it was built with men's bodies in mind. Mm -hmm. And I actually read an article about this earlier today, about how women are injured more in the workplace uh, when it's a physical job because the job is designed for men's bodies. Wow. Yeah. Um, Like the, yeah, lifting things up to a certain height. Height, yeah. Or, yeah, just... Small things, very yeah. small things, um, and yeah, yeah. That's nothing something I would have ever even thought of. Mm-hmm. Is like because I never think of like the equipment or the height or the size of anything. I just yeah, just think of just like just brewing. But yeah, it's it's more difficult if you can't reach things. Can mm-hmm. yeah, that there's not equipment for. Mm-hmm. Like there's no equipment to lift grain over your head. Like if you've got to move stuff, like there's forklifts and there's dollies and mm-hmm. there's all that. But like if you're gonna, if you're, you got to lift to dump your grain in, mm-hmm. then like you have to lift and dump your grain in, right? Yeah. I can't remember where it is, but there are augers in the floor, oh. and they just cut the bag oh, and dump it down, yeah. and then it goes and it goes up, and then it goes into there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. To be uh, so to be awesome. milled, and I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. So my brewery is definitely going to have one where you pour it in the floor. Because <laughs> then you don't yeah. have to worry about anything. It's not, well, I, even here, like, it's not hard. It's not hard lifting it, you know, waist height. Oh, of course. Whatever. But, like, uh, as, like, a female body, we don't produce the testosterone that encourages upper body strength. So you can't lift things past your shoulders very well. And like, unless you're training, shit. like, crazy hard. Yeah. Which, like... You're really dedicated, yeah. You're not training to do that envy brewer at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. The, the woman that I replaced... Yes. Uh, ...was really into all that shit, so... Yeah. And she was very tall. Yeah. So, like, I, I always make jokes, like, oh, I bet she didn't experience this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ought to be but, tall. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know that world. Yes. <laughs> 
Like, I'm on, I have to climb on my kitchen counter to reach plates at home. I've never seen the top of a person's head. Oh, never. <laughs> it's never like my kid. Yeah. Like, I'm like, wow, this is what it looks like to look down at someone. <laughs> like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah, like, for me also, like, looking so young and being in this industry, people are like, are you of age to be here? What are you doing here? Who got this small child into this beer, yeah. this brewery? I think <laughs> Yeah, I think that's another thing, like, in, as far as being a woman in a male-dominated industry is, like, infantilization, dealing with infantilization, yes. yep. and just, like, men that are, like, oh, four years older than me, Yeah, looking at me like I'm a child. Yeah. Can, can you not? Like, wow. Yeah. Um, and, like, that leads to dismissing my experience, yes. uh, dismissing my opinion, dismissing, yeah. Yeah me yeah completely I yeah infantilization is something that I I dealt with so much that I didn't realize that I was dealing with when I was and then after you step out of that situation you're like wow yeah that sucked yeah Yeah, like not being seen as an expert in your field Mm -hmm. just because you're female is like such a huge thing yeah like Like, which I don't understand like at all I think like the, the but like the being female uh, comes with oh you're a girl yeah and and with that with that word comes such a dismissive connotation like yeah. the infantilization of oh like I'm not gonna listen to this girl she doesn't yes. know what she's talking about. yeah of course and it's I always correct anyone that I'm comfortable with if they're like oh that girl there I'm like oh that woman like that yeah. fully grown woman said this okay yes like don't call her a girl don't yeah. call me a girl I'm not a girl yeah and there's nothing wrong with being a girl but you're referring to like an adolescent female when yeah. you say girl yeah I am not a girl no I think that's something I found tough over the years like I worked with a team where like eh, all, all like it was all male and they were all at least I think four years older than me and one of them one day was like, yeah, Molly, I just, I, I just think of you as from a different generation than me. I'm like, we're all millennials. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but you're so much younger. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And like, uh, wait. Like if you're close enough in age where you could both be at elementary school or both be at high school at the same time. Yeah. There's no real age difference there. Yeah. I don't think the, but the thing is like, it doesn't really matter like actually if you think about it we focus so much on the fact that girls mature so much faster than boys <laughs> yes they do. and then all of a sudden <laughs> oh I'm, only, I'm four years younger than you and i'm of a different generation like fuck off like yeah. i am i'm here we're both here yeah and like can you please like respect well please can yeah. you just respect right? my experience <laughs> and like, yeah yeah. Yeah. It's so frustrating. It is frustrating. I think a big thing that I've learned to, like, over the years is um, you can't wait around for someone to respect you. No. Um, because you need to be able to reach a point where, you're like, wow, this person doesn't respect me, and then just walk away from it. Instead of, like, like wow, this person doesn't, re- doesn't respect me. I'm going to earn it. Yeah. That never fucking happens. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because, like, why is it your job to make someone respect you? Mm-hmm. Like, fuck them. Yeah. Like, if they can't see you as a professional and as a 
like, as a person mm-hmm. doing a job, then, like, fuck them. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. I'm going to do my job. And, like, if you don't think I'm going to be here, that's your problem. It's not my problem to show you that I deserve to be here. Yeah. 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 But it happens. People get treated like garbage or, like, not appreciated for what they do or what they contribute to because they're female. And Yeah. Yeah. So, and, like, doing more stuff with women when it's not just International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. That's when women get ex- get exposure and get recognition is on International Women's Day, and I'm like, that's fucking garbage. Because every day is International Man's Day. Yeah. So the yeah. fact that we get one day... Well, why don't they get International Men's Day while well, it's 364 days of the fucking yeah. year? So. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, so... Um, Container Brewing did a women's brew. Yes. And it was fucking awesome. Um, container. So, yeah. So, Katie arranged the whole thing. Yeah. And, like, it was all men that worked in the back. Yes. But so she, Katie just, like, reached out to a bunch of women that she knew in the industry. And we all came down. And, like, Tim just sat on his computer and was like, what do you want to do? And he, like, punched in the recipe. And, like... Like, listen to all of us, and then, like, brew day came, and we came in, and, like, all of us women were just standing around, like, drinking beer, and, like, all the men were brewing. It was so great. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. I loved it. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, with the International Women's Day thing, it it feels like so many places do so many, like, stupid things. They're like, oh, we got all these women in that are, like, you know, they're making the beer, but I don't know. I just really liked how Container did it. It was like Katie was just like, yes, bring all these women in, and yeah. they will tell you how to make beer, yeah. and then you do it, yeah. and then we'll all stand around and drink beer. And yeah. Well, Tom's going to let me use Settlement to, like, I think after I get, like, six months' worth of interviews, take everyone I've interviewed so far, and we're all going to make a, a yeah. uh, East Van Beer Wife beer. Um, and, like, so it'll be, like, I don't have manufacturing license, obviously, so, like, it'll be manufactured under settlement, mm-hmm. but it'll be, like, I'll do the logo and everything yes. and the label and, oh, like, yeah, so get everyone who I've interviewed and we'll make beer. And it won't be for Women's Day. It'll just be, like, mm-hmm. because we all want to get together and, like, yes. use the equipment. And, oh, I love it. Yeah, and, you know. We'll, make, we'll put Tom and Trap to work. Mm-hmm. Get them to do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, we'll watch them yeah. as they make the beer. Yeah, because like, oh gosh, yeah, I've been to I've been to breweries before too, where they're like, oh yeah, we really want to do a women's brew, but we don't have any women that work here, and like, so we just want to bring in some women and show them how to brew. Like, no, 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 mm. no. It's not someone who know they they know yeah. how to do it. Just like bring us in, feed us beer. Yeah. Order pizza. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, we got we got this. Yeah. We got this. Like, I haven't brewed on a big system before. I've only, I've only homebrewed. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've been around enough, the system Monkey 9, to, like, I could probably make it go. <laughs> but it's, like, but I'm excited to, like, get in and see, like, how all the women I've interviewed, like, fucking navigate the system. Because, mm-hmm. like, I want to eventually brew on a big system. That's kind of the, mm-hmm. eventually we have our own space. That's the goal. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, like, I love, like, yeah. But and my homebrew system's like a pot on my stove, so Yeah. It's <laughs> I I didn't do really any home brewing actually before I got into brewing. Yeah. Yeah. I kinda just fell into brewing and yeah. Kinda just fell into the job and realized I fucking love it. Like I just fucking love every aspect of it. It's like getting covered in beer and, or water yeast every day and hops and just getting dirty and I get to wear overalls and gumboots every day. So um, great. Yes, so great. <laughs> and just the smells. And, oh, it's so good. Yeah. 
I know when I parked and got out of the car, I'm like, oh, it smells like malt. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's so great. No, I was very pleasantly surprised that I love every aspect of, of this job. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of people really want to be brewers yeah. for the novelty of it. Yeah. And then once they get into it, they're like, oh, this kind of sucks. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of cleaning. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's 75% of cleaning. We're just glorified janitors. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much oh cleaning. Gosh. Yes, yes, yes. It's so much cleaning. Well, it's it's making messes and cleaning them. Yes. Yeah, so you, you're not leaving You're not them. leaving the mess because then, like, the, like, to clean that would be disgusting. Like, oh, yeah. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. You're, you're, you, okay, you're making something that makes a mess and yeah. then you clean up after it. Yeah. You're making something that you love. Yeah. And it and it makes a big old mess. Yeah. It's like having a child. Right? It's just like <laughs> having a child. And then you clean up after it um all day every and then, day. And then you yes, and then you very caringly clean the vessel that it's going to go back into. Oh gosh, yes. I love brewing. That's so great. <laughs> and I know we talked earlier like we first when I first got here that like you didn't know what like your future looked like, mm-hmm. but like do you want to continue in beer? Like, do you see oh. your future in beer? Or, like, do you yeah. see, like, no, like even if it's not brewing, if it's something else in beer, mm-hmm. like, do you just, is that where we're going? Like, it's... Yeah, I think, like, I just I fell head over heels for the industry a very long time ago. And then, yeah, I, I, I got into brewing, like, luckily, I don't know, it's, it's, I was very lucky to get into where I am, mm-hmm. for sure. It was a lot of it was luck, but it was a lot of hard work. Oh yeah, um, and I'm so grateful that I fucking love what I do. I have never, I've never woken up in the morning and dreaded going to work because That's so nice. I love my job. I love the physical aspect of it. I love how it's mentally challenging uh i have to troubleshoot things all the time um yeah there's problems problems to be solved all the time i love it yes i don't see myself leaving the industry at all anytime soon i think that brewing the physical demand will definitely wear down on me um and i don't want to think too much about that. But, but then you take a little break, you do something else in beer, yeah. and then you come back and yeah, brew I again. I just, you see to rest your tired arms sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I love brewing so much. I can't, I can't imagine what else I would do, to be quite honest. Yeah. You're not the first person to say that they love waking up in the morning to come brewing. Yeah. Like, I hear that a lot, mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't dread going to work. It's yeah. It's like... I haven't dreaded going to work for the past... How long have I been brewing? Four years? <laughs> yeah. Four years. Five years. Four years. <laughs> and I feel, I'm so grateful that I've found something that I love doing so much. Um, I know it's so rare. I don't think that I ever expected to find something that I love so much. Yeah, I'm That's very, so nice. very happy. That's so great. <laughs> it's so nice to hear. Like, because I know like, I like we talk a lot a lot of bullshit and like a lot of like politics and stuff, but like it beer just like is amazing. Mm-hmm. And like it loves you back. Yeah. And like it's it's all it's all about the beer. Yeah. No matter what kind of garbage bullshit is happening, mm-hmm. it's like it's just it's all about the beer and Yeah, it's, totally. Yeah. No, I've I've definitely dealt with a lot of shit, um, to get where I am. Yeah. But where I am right now, like I love 
Red Truck. I love the team that I work with. I feel like I'm just coming in every day and hanging out with my buds and like we're getting shit done. We're working hard. We always work hard. Like these hoses are huge. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen them. But yeah, shit. Like dragging around hoses and like solving problems, like getting people the things that they need. Um, Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, So great. And being able to like get like work towards a point where I I'm confident in my knowledge in my experience. When someone asks me a question, I I know the answer, and it was quite a journey to get here. To be honest, yeah, it was quite a journey, and I'm very grateful for all the people that have taught me along the way, even if they didn't intend to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so great. I think I was attracted to the industry because of the people. And I'm so fucking glad that I'm here. Yeah. All the people in the industry. And, like, I've made so many friends. And it's just so comfortable. Yeah. It's like a giant family. hmm yeah. yeah. And that's why I was very anxious about this interview. Is I don't want to piss anyone off. Oh, of course. <laughs> no, you don't want to piss anybody off. But, hey, I don't think, like, saying that there's a problem in the industry is going to piss anybody off. There's problems in every single industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there is a glass ceiling for women mm-hmm. in every industry. I feel like you see it more in physically demanding jobs. Mm-hmm. And brewing is a physically demanding job. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the glass ceiling is a lot lower for women. Yeah. And, like, many women don't want to go into it because it's physically demanding and because it's a male-dominated industry. Yeah. But I think it needs to be like highlighted that like women can do this job and it's like a lot of creativity mm-hmm. and just like if you love beer and you don't mind getting wet and like smelling like yeast then like anybody can do this yeah, totally. and it shouldn't just be like it shouldn't just fall on this is a man's job because it's yeah. not a man's job oh totally and like I don't know hardly any horrible men in the industry like everyone I've ever met has been fantastic but the industry is created for men. So that's the problem. Not the men in the industry. It's that the industry is what yeah, it is. 100%. And yeah. it's, yeah, like, I got so many messages and texts from men in the industry who were like, oh, you have to interview this woman. You have to interview this woman. This woman's awesome. So, like, mm-hmm. they know, like, like there are men in the industry who want to highlight amazing women. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it happens automatically because yeah. of the, the, the industry is seen as male-dominated yeah. and as a man's job. I think that that's something that I've learned um, the past few years is to be able to identify, like, allies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there are men that are not allies. There are men that are not. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It has everything to do with how they interact with the world. Um, But there are so many men that are allies, and I feel like my whole team here now complete allies and yeah it's so beautiful it was so shocking when I started here and the support that I felt the respect that I felt respecting Mm -hmm. my experience and my knowledge Mm -hmm. was just yeah uh I'll never I'll never accept anything less no and I think that's so important for women to realize like you need to seek out just allies and unfortunately there are some people who are not that Mm -hmm. and you can't convince them otherwise Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't spend your energy trying to yeah yeah and that's unfortunate yeah but because i think it paints 
like all men in a bad light. When yeah, and it shouldn't because no. like like I'm talk the allies I'm talking about are men. Like all the men on the team here. Yeah, awesome. Yes, <laughs> like so much support. So great. The shitty men are few and far between. They are. Yeah, but they're there. But like, I think what's most important is to be able to sit down and listen to other people's experiences Mm -hmm. and not be like, oh, well, you might be wrong about how you're interpreting that. Well, it's like someone, yeah, like I compare that a lot to like racism. Mm -hmm. Like someone can't say like, oh, that was racist. You'd be like, well, actually, like, no, you were fucking racist. (laughs) Like there is no interpreting that. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I think a big thing about that, too, though, is if you say to someone, you're racist, it's, like, shut down. Oh, completely. If you say to someone, you're sexist, shut down. Oh, completely. And so, like, that's something that I've been trying to navigate with people is, like, hey, what you said, like, you gotta be real delicate. Oh, yeah. Hey, what you said was kind of sexist. And, like, oh, please, please, please don't shut down. Like, we can talk about this unless mm-hmm. you're sexist. And there's a bunch of caveats that you have mm-hmm. to add to that. Be like, oh, like, delicate. Oh, very delicate <laughs> pillow. No, no, no. You're like, you're not, you're not a bad person. But really, I think that's, that's the biggest obstacle that we face right now is we're confronted with something being sexist. And if you call it out... To that person, they take it personally oh, as an attack. Completely. And it's so hard to separate that from well, a person. They, they can't yeah. do any learning when they're in the attack. Yeah. When There's no learning. The, yeah, when they're in the, the defense, yeah. right? They're defending themselves. Oh, no, 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 I'm not sexist. Like, yeah. okay. And so, like, I've worked very hard. It's fucking exhausting. On, um, you know, being like, hey, I'm not saying that you're sexist <laughs> at all. But... What you just said made me feel this way for these reasons. So what you said was a little bit sexist, but, you know, you're okay. You're okay. Yeah. So it's very... Yeah. I've been doing... uh, The organization I counsel with, we've been doing a lot of anti-black, like, racism Mm -hmm. work. And this one workshop we did, the woman running it, was, like, all white people are racist all white people are white supremacists and you have to live with that. And I like, it's done a lot of thinking on that. And it's like, yeah, because like the world is seen as white is right. So yes, all white people are racist because we're living in this world of privilege. We're living in a world of white. Mm -hmm. And then they went through this whole list of privilege and white cisgendered men are in the top of privilege. And you tell those people, Oh, Hey, you're racist or Hey, you're sexist. They get super defensive. And it is their fault, but it's also not their fault because this is how the world has been laid out, mm-hmm. that it's white cisgendered men. But we have to we have to talk about it. We have to mm-hmm. do it in a way where then the white cisgendered men don't shut down yeah. and then well, don't hear what has to be said. That's a, Yeah, that's the thing. It's like when someone is told, like, oh, you're only, you're only in the place that you are because of, you know, your gender and your race. Yeah. And then they feel like you completely discredit every single accomplishment that they have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, ugh, ugh, it's a whole thing. But yeah. Yeah, like, I'm I'm a white, hetero-passing, cis female. Mm-hmm. Um, Which comes with privilege. Yeah, and I, I do, yeah, I do feel very, like, I do feel like I have uh, benefited from a lot of privilege from that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but maybe I can accept that because I'm on a lower tier from the highest, you know, white cis male. Yeah, totally. Um, and I don't, I don't begrudge any, I love, I love so much the men that I work with. Of course. Um, and I do try and, you know, make the, the little jabs about like, oh, like, yeah. The patriarchy made this too big for me. Can you lift it up, please? Thank you. <laughs> That's so <laughs> this great. This was designed by men for men. It's not for me. Like, yeah. And, yeah. There was a time where I would very stubbornly be like, no, I can do this by myself. But yeah. now I'm like, you know what? This wasn't fucking designed for me to operate. I'm like, you can do yeah. this. And they're like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's... It's, yeah, no one wants to be confronted with the fact that they are at the place that they are just because of how they were born. Of course. And that they're at that place because someone else was put down or that they stepped on someone else's shoulders to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like I, as, like, like I said, a heteropassing cisgender woman can get to where I am, but also acknowledge that there are people above me that, you know, have more privilege than me. Oh gosh, I don't know where I was going yeah. with that. No. No. Like I super I super appreciate that you being vulnerable enough to have this conversation because it's really hard to talk about sexism and racism and the mm. patriarchy and all that. Like it is it's super challenging, especially because people don't want to fucking hear it. No. And like you're labeled a radical feminist when you mm. talk about like the glass ceiling yeah. or that there's not equal opportunity. It's like no, I'm not a radical feminist. I just want fucking equality. Yeah, yeah. Like that's all I want is yeah. fucking equality. Yeah. And there's and it's so multifaceted. Like it's so like what the fuck does that look like? What the fuck does equality look like? I know. Oh, does it look like me being able to lift like fifty pounds like another like a man can? No. Like a I don't know. Uh, like what does equality look like and it looks like something different every person and so it's just yeah I don't know I think I think equality is diversity really Mm -hmm. um yeah like having a diverse team of people means every person is coming from a different place and can look at a problem in a different way Mm -hmm. and assess it in a different way and come up with different solutions yeah totally and ultimately, hopefully, we're not just looking to the man in charge to tell us which way is right. You know? Yeah. Or the man in, hopefully the man in charge that is going to tell us which way is right is actually considering all of it and not just thinking of his way. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, I feel very, very privileged to be in this industry um, and operating in it as I am, I suppose, if that yeah. makes sense. Uh, I think we have... I think we have come a long way, but I think we have a long way to go. Yeah. Um, the fact that the industry is so white. That's another thing. problem on its own. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I do feel like I've gotten jobs because I'm a woman. I, but You're not the first person to say that yeah. they feel like they've gotten more opportunities because mm-hmm. they're women. Because people want to be like, oh, look, we've hired women. Yes. Oh, we got a woman. Like, look at us. High fives all around. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you're not the first woman to say that because. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can point. Yeah. Well, we can point. Oh, we got a woman on the team. We're diverse now. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah. Done. Check all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I don't, I feel like because of that, like being hired 
because I'm a woman, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like, I still have to prove myself a hundred times over. Yeah. Yeah. And I still, I, I tell this to my team, I'm like, you know what? I work quarter harder than you guys do. Like, I put in a quarter more effort than all you guys because doing the same thing because the physical effort that I have to put in mm-hmm. is more than you. Yeah. Because I don't have the upper body strength that you do. Yeah. That is, yeah, spurious design for men. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. It does make sense. But yeah, so that was really fucking deep. And I really, really appreciate it. Oh, God. Definitely going to need a beer after this. Oh, yeah. Um... But, like, onto the, like, the fun stuff, like, where you like to hang out on a Sunday and, like, your favorite beer of the moment. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hang out on a Sunday. I really don't, I really don't do much lately. Well, pre-COVID. I, I, I have to preface pre-COVID. Like, breweries that you like to hang out in pre-COVID. Mm. I love container brewing. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. I mean, like, I live right, like... Hastings and Victoria. Yeah. So I can hit up all the breweries. That's I love so Storm. I love going to Callister. Yeah. Yeah. Containers is a big one. That whole little zone is yeah. so great. Yeah. And like, yeah, all for different reasons. Like, oh, of course. Yeah. They're also unique. I love can I love uh, Callister because of the art. Yeah. And yeah, I love Diana. She's oh, great. So great. Yeah. Um, yeah, containers beers are amazing. And Storm is just It's just Storm. And, yeah. Yeah, it's just Storm. I love James and Heather. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Um, and if I'm going to stray a bit farther, like, Luffalo is awesome. And yeah. Strange Fellows. Yeah. yeah. Um, Odd Society. Have you been there? No, I haven't. Uh, they make great, do you like cocktails? Yes. No, Odd Society, yes. I'm I'm friends with their distiller. Does an amazing job. The owner's super great. Um, and yeah, their, their cocktail menu is amazing. I'm not sure if they still have the gentleman sour on, but that will always be my favorite. But yeah, they have like a rotating menu a little bit. That's awesome. And they make like seasonal spirits and they just serve them at the bar. So that's so great. Definitely check it out. I will Super have to, cool. they've been on my list for a while. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. What was the other your question? beer of the moment. Oh, my beer of the moment? Yeah. Oh, God. I always say like, what's your favorite beer? And then people get mad at me. So your favorite beer of the moment say container again that's they're, totally fine they're nitro stout they ran out of it a while ago yeah it's very sad and now they have it back in cans i've okay. only heard good things about the nitro yeah. stout yeah i've been really into that um but yeah other than that i really love trying whatever i haven't tried before which mm-hmm. is rare <laughs> yeah it's rare to find yeah uh whatever whatever's next yes whatever's next I like that. Yes. Yeah. This was so great. Thank you so much. It's so awesome. I love when I can just like sit and like bullshit and like some people don't want to talk about what sucks. Mm-hmm. And well, like I trust you that you will edit out anything that makes me look bad. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> um yeah, don't worry. And we went on like a super crazy feminist adventure. Did we? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, because like as soon as like you do anything with racism or sexism, like people go, Ugh! like they can't handle that's it. The thing. Well, that's the thing. I'm, okay, yes, I remember now. That's the thing I want to talk about. It's like we should be able to talk about this. I know. And it's so it's and so, it's so taboo. It's so shitty that when you say to yeah, I already talked about this. I don't need to say it again. It's totally but fine. Yeah. Holy shit. I know. And it's like I've seen it so much, and like and like also, I didn't. I 
didn't start getting like super feminist in the beginning because mm. it made me uncomfortable yeah. being like, oh, there's something wrong. But now I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? I had this ex who like I would talk to him about like my experiences. And yeah. One time he was like, you know what, Molly? You just see everything as sexist. What does that even fucking mean? I am. I know. I'm like, no, I'm actually talking to you about my my experience in the world. Yes. And you are telling me that it's sexist because it fucking is. Yeah. You can't tell me how I'm feeling. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Or like, don't, don't, don't criticize me for like, yeah, the way that I view or don't tell me that the way that I'm experiencing the world is wrong. Yeah. Or inaccurate. Yeah. Rather. Garbage. Uh, yeah. Total garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that once you get a few beers on any woman that works in a male-dominated industry, yeah, start it's good. That. Yeah, no, it was all good. It was all okay, good. Cool. Um, um, so thank you so much. This was so great. I really appreciate like all the honesty and like the open conversation we could have. And I know we were trying to like meet up for like a month now, and like it finally worked, which is super great. Um, but yes, I'll definitely let you know when I'm going to do the brew because I want everyone to come and brew, and it'll be super great. And yeah, so like, thank you, like, so much. This was so great. Yes, I'm so excited for the brew. Thanks so much for having me, and oh. thanks for doing this too. It's yeah. really awesome to you know be able to hear women's voices in the industry. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we'll we'll talk soon for sure. Hooray! That was so great. So I first want to thank Molly so much for inviting me to Red Truck and showing me around and spending a whole afternoon with me and talking. Uh, and I hope that it was a positive experience for you. I also want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I know these conversations can be uncomfortable at times and hard to listen to, so I really appreciate everybody who made it through and hopefully learned something and have some takeaways. That's all I can really hope for is that every time you listen, you take away something new, and you learn about women's experience in male-dominated industries. So if you want to follow Molly in more of her beer-related adventures, she's at Molly Bros on Instagram, uh, and Red Truck Beer Company is located at 295 East 1st Avenue in Vancouver, uh, and you can find them online at redtruckbeer.com. So I just want to thank everyone again for listening and supporting me and having such a great time doing this. I have one more episode uh, before Christmas break and then I'm taking a well-deserved few weeks off and then I will have episodes out in January and February and moving forward. So until next time, I'm Keisha, the East Fan Beer Wife, and I'm celebrating women in beer always.